0: (laughs) Hello and welcome, my name is Jake Kerr and this is the Black Ink Internet Show, otherwise known as the podcast. This is episode number 39, I would like to welcome you. My name is Jake Kerr as I previously mentioned and I am your gracious host today. Now we've got plenty to cover because obviously there's a coronavirus, there's the riots in Melbourne, there's the earthquake that happened in Melbourne, I think France is also having some riots at the same time, there's shit going on all over the world and what I want to talk about is severely more important than that right? I want to talk about some shit that I've seen on Facebook, okay? Now, look, I know uh, Facebook is the fucking arguing ground of today's modern society, so it's no point really taking anything of any sort of value away from it, but here's what I will say, okay? Now, look, I don't know the exact post. I don't know who posted it. I don't know where it originally came from, and also, I'm not even that that fucking in-depth with the details of what actually happened on the post, basically because I try not to let myself get too drawn into this Internet social media hysteria that can be created from absolutely nothing and somehow turn into something totally different than what it originated from but i got a general idea of um, Something that I'm actually uh, I wouldn't say that I'm quite upset about but I would say that like it's enough to rustle my feathers in a comedic way, but also in a really like I'm passionate about it way if that makes sense Okay So let me tell you, I'm just going to check this connection here real quick. Should have done that beforehand, but you know, I run the shit out of my house, so everything's not professional. you work with me. Anyway, the post was about, um, this lady was posting that somebody gave her, you know, kale that they grew in their garden and eggs that their chickens laid and all the rest. And um, she was elaborating on the fact that she had to clean the kale because sometimes it had bugs in it and sometimes it had dirt in it and you know, that there was chook shit on the eggs and... It was an idea to crack them into a bowl or a plate before she puts them into whatever she's doing just in case they've gone off and all the rest. And the whole post was basically elaborating on the fact that, you know, um, we've gone so far away from, you know, like natural and organic sort of life. And I don't mean organic in the way that grow without, you know, um, sprays and all the rest. Organic in that people forget that when things are grown, they have dirt on them. And, you know, when an egg is pushed out of a chicken's ass, then it will have shit on it and things like that. And, um... I think it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I was brought up. I, uh, most of my life, I was brought up in Bunbury, and Bunbury is to, to, to best explain Bunbury. It's a it's a medium sized town that calls itself a city. It's two hours south of the capital of our state, which is Western Australia. We're two hours south of Perth, and basically, it's a whole bunch of people living in a town pretending like they're living in a city. You know, it's a sort of town where you walk through the main street on a you know on a Saturday morning when everyone's out and about doing things. And you're gonna run into someone you know. You're probably gonna run into like a dozen people that you know. And while the world has changed enough now that people aren't necessarily in town as much as they used to be, I mean, you go back to when I was a kid, and you would walk in Centrepoint, which is our main shopping centre. You would go into Coles and you would do, do your shopping and you'd run into one of your teachers and you'd run into someone that you go to school with and you'd run into someone that you do your recreational activities with after school. People just know each other in this town, you know, and you go to the outside areas like Dale Up or Eton or Austerlind or Stratham and you run into more people that you know. It's like it's not it's not a big place, but everyone still walks around with their fucking nose up in the air thinking that they're better than one another. That's not the point that I'm making. What I'm saying is, is Bunbury is enough of a town that I feel like you can't escape those kind of like human realities, those worldly realities. And what I mean by that is, if you live in a city for most of your life, it's quite easy to understand from my point of view, from my perspective, how you might miss some of these beautiful nuances that is the human experience, realizing that these Things like the meat that comes, you know, perfectly wrapped in that plastic package at Woolworths or Coles was once a living, breathing animal that is absolutely majestic and beautiful to look at, right? And I'm not trying to push some vegan or vegetarian or organic bullshit propaganda on this podcast. All I'm saying is the reality of what living this life has escaped most of us because we're so protected in these environments that we put ourselves in and we try not to face the realities of, of what life is right? I'm going to get into some, into some examples that are popping into my mind in a second, but I just want to kind of finish off this thought. Basically, I think when you live in a city, it's really easy to not even be negligent of the fact, but I think it's compl- it's easy to not even know that food comes from like somewhere that's not that far away from you. And I don't mean like as in physical distance, I mean somewhere that's not as far as, as how you live is where this shit came from, okay? So it pisses me off that this woman has to make a Facebook post elaborating the fact that sometimes she has some bugs and some sand on her kale before she dresses it in olive oil and salt and pepper and she sits down to watch The Real Housewives of fucking wherever and enjoys it because she, (laughs) you know? Like, yeah, it's got sand on it. It's a fucking plant, okay? And if you pay attention, even the mixed spinach that you get pre fucking cut and bagged at Coles also has sand on it and the idea that you have to crack every egg into a bowl before you put it into a thing says more about the fuckhead who, who owns these chickens that are laying them than it does like the okay i got off the i got off the track there because now i'm attacking the dude what i'm saying is is how the fuck is it a reasonable post that somebody puts that up and furthermore people comment on it and share it saying like oh my god yeah like i love i love picking my own strawberries and having to wash them when i get home wash your dirt off it's such an earthy organic thing that's a part of life you fuckhead. Like, do you know how unhuman it is, the practice of washing your car? The idea that you own a piece of metal that has a a combustion engine in it, right? It has so many moving parts in it that you will never fucking understand how it works. And they have come from all over the planet. They've been put together in a way that means that you can get wherever you want to go in a matter of however long it takes to get there using that vehicle, right? It is so alien, the idea that you would spend any of your time, energy, money, life force, whatever, in getting water and soap suds and putting them together and washing your car. Yet that is a normal part of people's fucking life, right? And then you get these city-slicking, pencil-pushing weirdos that wear button-ups and think they're comfortable, and they're like all surprised at the fact that sometimes tomatoes come and they're not perfectly shiny, or their kale comes and it didn't arrive in a plastic bag, and now they've got a. They've got to rinse it under the tap. How wild is that? You know that thing in your kitchen where you just walk up to it and you do this and then water starts coming out the thing and you're just like, oh yeah, washing it. Even that's totally, that's heaps more wild than the fact that kale has fucking dirt on it, right? That's so much more wild. Man, it just makes me wonder that like, if that's something that that person is talking about, I would hate to see something that they actually take seriously in their life, you know? Like, I feel the whole human experience for me as an adult, actually, probably not, like, I feel like the the human experience in a weird way, like, as you're a child, you kind of, like, the job of your parents is to wrap you up in as many layers of protective cotton wool as you can without putting too much cotton wool on and without not putting enough cotton wool on. And then your job as a late adolescent or early adult is to start peeling off those layers of of cotton wool and starting to like be porous and appreciative of the world around you. And what this allows you to do is you get to see like, okay, I had this whole set of thoughts or this whole idea of how the world was in this particular area that my parents made me feel but appreciate that they did that for you as a method of protection. And by you having that realization that that was protection, that you are now more capable and able to negotiate the world and environment around you, right? So I find that like, if people are coming to this realization in their adult age, that plants have dirt on them, then it makes me wonder like, It makes me wonder, like, so many different levels of, like, what the fuck is going on in your life. Because, firstly, if you weren't exposed to this really, like, simple, natural thing that obviously happens as a child and grew up with it as, like, not even a piece of information, just something that's, like, in your fucking vocabulary of, like, of course sometimes plants have dirt on them, then what the fuck were your parents doing? Or what the fuck were you taking on board? Or what what were the layers of cotton that were wrapped around you as a child that you've then wasted time peeling off as an adult if you don't have that like foundation of basic knowledge, you know? Maybe I'm just a prick for saying this because I got brought up in a small town. So you have these like, I mean, I feel like this even comes across with when I'm communicating with people who grew up in a city and are quite obviously going to live like they live in a city and they're going to stay in a city compared to growing up Uh, compared to communicating with people in my town, right? Great example is, I was in Midland yesterday and I go to their shopping center, right? As I walk in the door, I almost run into someone's trolley and I'm like, oh, sorry, and then they just keep on pushing their trolley past as if I didn't say fucking anything. And you know what? Maybe they're having a day. Maybe that's a one-off. So you go like, oh, they're having a bad day. I hope their day gets better and I'm walking along. And then as I, I need to take a piss, so I walk into like, you know, the hallway that leads to the other hallway which then goes to the toilet and like, I'm walking past someone, we make eye contact for a second, and for me, that's like a, well, if I don't say hello to you, now we've just had an awkward moment that like, I'm like 50% resp- responsible for. So this dude looks at me, I look at him, I'm like, how you going, mate? He looks at the ground and keeps on walking. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, maybe he's deaf or fucking just stupid, I don't know, or good. So I keep walking. I go inside, I take a piss, I fucking wash my hands, I walk outside again, and as I like walk outside, again I have like a weird like almost kind of you know physical contact with the with the cleaner who's coming in. I'm like, oh sorry, and then they just like push the, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like honestly, I know I just got three people who might have been having a bad day or whatever the rest, but realistically, I can safely say that the majority of the time when I have these little interactions with people who are from the city. They're not interested in having the interaction with me they're interested in pushing forward and i get it if we look at the far end of the spectrum when we take somewhere like times square in new york city and you're passing millions of people every day you can't have those interactions but the reality is we're not the reality is we're surrounded by maybe a couple of hundred people at any one time and out of those couple of hundred people you are going to intercept one or two every now and then and get this ready i hope you're sitting down for this Saying hello or how are you or cheers or anything along those lines is not only easy, it should be something that you shouldn't even think about. You should be able to have these quick interactions with people without it being like an anxiety overload. You know what I mean? You should be able to walk into a shopping center without pulling your phone out to make it look like you're doing something, right? It's a part of human existence to be able to communicate with people and to be able to fucking not be scared of things that are going to happen not only every day, but for the rest of your life. Does that make sense? And I feel like the foundation of these people is probably not knowing that there's dirt on plants as they're growing. That's, that's kind of part of the problem, right? Anyway, I do want to say though, I feel like I I took away from the Melbourne riots a little bit. And obviously if you're not up to date, let me uh, reiterate what's happening uh, or to, to the best of my understanding. And please, if you don't already know this about me, I don't have any free-to-air TV. I don't watch the news. If I see shit come up I'm on my social media, I don't, I don't interact with it. I don't read it. I don't know what's going on. And the reason that I do that is because my social media is purely a marketing, advertising, and promotional tool that I use for my business. Right? I'm not interested in like. Finding girls on there, I'm not interested in like seeing what my mates are doing. It's like it is purely, it is purely a promotional advertising and marketing tool, right? All of them. TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all of them, right? But this is so fucking bizarre that I actually looked up on YouTube on my TV what the fuck is going on in Melbourne because me being Victorian, which I'm not sure if a lot of you know, I I was born in Victoria. There is something, there's some sort of draw to the idea that there's something going on in my home state that is not only like uh, crazy to me, it's barbaric the way people are acting. And unfortunately, with a little bit of traveling around the world that I've done, I appreciate that how people are gonna see this in other countries is not that we're standing or fighting for something that we believe in, it's making us look like the fucking criminals that we once were when we settled this country. It makes us look like delinquents. You know what I mean? We're protesting, sure, but it's like we're pissing up against buildings and leaving our stubbies around everywhere. Like, fuck me. Yes, that is super Australian. But also, if you're trying to make a point, don't do it in the fucking worst way possible. You know what I mean? Do it respectfully. It fucking breaks my heart. It made me cry the other day seeing what's happening in Melbourne because I know the streets that they're happening on. You know what I mean? Like the highways that they shut down, I've traveled on those highways. It's just... It's just a weird thing that's going on, you know what I mean? And I feel like it's really hard to appreciate what's happening to us as a human race, as it's happening, right? We can hear about things that happened in the past, a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago, whatever, as, as the record books show. And we can say like, oh, that's a barbaric thing. But then it seems to be that a barbaric thing happens right in front of us. And it's only when we look at it with retrospect, we appreciate how barbaric it actually is. I mean... I understand that they're doing what they're doing because they've come to a point where they can't handle it anymore. They can't stand the fact that, that the country's been shut down, that the city has been shut down, that the construction workers have been shut down, that people can't make an income, that people are committing suicide, that these crazy things are happening. But also, but also, there's a right and there's a wrong way to deal with any situation. And this here, man, makes our country look like fucking bullshit. It makes us look like... All we do when we have a problem is we use violence to solve it. And I know that it isn't violence, but this is the first steps towards violence. I've got mates that are riding around Melbourne City showing stories on their Instagram of fucking riot police ready and waiting for things to happen. It's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. And man, obviously I don't live there. I live in Bunbury, which means that like, I literally don't even know what coronavirus is or what a lockdown is or what any of these crazy mandatory things are. But at the same time, man, We have to fucking be more sensible about this. And realistically, the whole purpose behind all of this is that we're uniting together to make a say about something. Now, if we're going to unite together to make a say about something, we actually have to know what we're talking about and we have to have a plan because this bullshit of just flooding into the streets and trying to stop everything and creating like violence and ruckus and all the rest, it's going to get us one result. It's martial law. You don't want to admit it, but that's what can happen. The reality of our whole fucking situation is if you got all the police in Australia to stand in one group and then you got all of Australians that aren't police to stand in another group, the group that we stand in is so much bigger than the group that they stand in, right? And then if you think about that massive group of Australians and then you think about that, you know, average group of police officers and the, you know, if you want to get crazy, the army and all the rest. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of them, but I mean, comparatively to the rest of Australia, there's not, right? And then you get the people who are making the decisions, the government, you know what I mean? The, the, the people in power and all the rest, and you put them in a group. There's like a hundred of them. There's like a hundred of them, right? I don't know the population of Australia, and it's like obviously not important enough to me to research it beforehand so I can make this stat, so I can make myself sound really smart and all the rest. But the point is, there are so many more of us than them. We don't have to resort to violence. We just have to resort to sensibility. Unfortunately though, I feel like what we're seeing is speaks more to the nature of humanity than it speaks to like what individuals or this us versus them mentality is. It says more about like when there is a crowd, we just fucking join it and we yell whatever they're yelling and we go with the fucking flow. You know what I mean? I fucking hate talking about this. I hate talking about current events because the bullshit part is, is that we don't actually know what's going on. I'm sitting here in Bunbury talking about like I have any fucking idea what's going on in Melbourne, but you know what the reality is? I seen what they show me on YouTube And I can't even get like a real independent source of information when it comes to what's going on in Melbourne because... I mean, YouTube are obviously going to show you the most viewed thing the most trusted source. And in that sense, it's the fucking news. It's like all these different news channels that realize that no one has fucking free-to-air TV anymore and doesn't watch Home and Away at 7 o'clock every night. They realize that everyone is streaming everything. So they take these news stories, they post it on their YouTube account, and obviously because they are a semi-trusted source, someone like me who grew up on Sunrise, I see a Sunrise article on YouTube and I think I'm going to go watch it. But man, you watch these articles and it's just like, are you? can you be any more transparent in the fact that you have an angle and that you're only showing me one side of the fucking story. You know what I mean? So even having an idea about what the fuck is going on anywhere outside of your own backyard, you're getting only the perspective of which the camera that is recording the thing that you're watching is getting. That's the only perspective that you get. So to have an opinion on it, it's like, I feel like I never wanted to talk about coronavirus, but just let me say this, right? The thing that I find about coronavirus is we're having discussions about the vaccine and mandatory this and whether you're going to be able to travel and when you get Rora. But the point is, we don't have clear fucking numbers of people who are dying specifically and only from coronavirus. We hear numbers of corona deaths that corona is attributed to the cause of death when people had these other underlying health issues. But my question is, if these same people just caught a really severe flu, would they have still died? And if so, why the fuck are we counting them as corona deaths? They're just deaths. They're people that would have died in a time of fucking serious situation, right? And I get it. Yeah, I've got grandparents that I don't want to die. I've got people in my family that have underlying health issues that I would hate to catch coronavirus and die. But at the fucking same time, do you know what I do every day to make sure that I don't die if I catch coronavirus? I eat, right? I exercise, I stay healthy mentally, you know what I mean? So the point is, when we're having all these discussions about the fucking, (laughs) about like, you know, we've got to get these mandatory vaccines, we've got to have our it's like, just give us information about the fucking foundation of this whole problem, which is the coronavirus. Just tell us what that is about. Don't tell us about all the bullshit that comes after it. I mean, the fact that we're having the fucking AFL Grand Final in Perth is a complete fucking joke about the coronavirus at all. Because it's not like the coronavirus doesn't exist in Perth, and yet we're still having these massive congregations and like just going like, yeah, it's all fucking good, it's the AFL. How can we not have the AFL Grand Final? How will we know who, who won the, the, the footy kick game? We'll have to fucking... You know what I mean? So, realistically... Does it not make sense that all of this is just like a propaganda machine that's kind of, you know, for whatever reason? I mean, who knows why they want us to take the vaccine? Who fucking knows? Who knows why they want to push everyone indoors and they want people to not be social and they want people to not have this contact and communication and all the rest? I don't fucking know. But you're gonna tell me that it's because of a virus that hasn't like actually? I don't. Know, I don't even want to. I don't want to. You know what I mean? As much as I want to make good content that are gonna, you know. Uh, prompt people to engage and to be involved with the conversation that I'm having, whether they're for or against it. I have no fucking interest in talking about this corona bullshit because at the end of the day, if you want to have an opinion or if I want to have an opinion, the only similarity that we have with each other is that we don't fucking know what we're talking about. And that applies to most things. That applies to most things. I've said this before in podcasts. You take the thing that you know the most about, right? It It might be fucking... Fill in the blank. It might be building motorcycles. It might be cycling. It might be roller skating. It might be cooking, right? The reality is, if you take everything that you know, everything that you know, everything that you know, it's still not a fucking drop in the ocean of information compared to someone who's been, compared to anyone who knows more than you. And you go, like that it sounds like a fucking dumb thing to say. But what I'm saying is like, the thing that you know the most about still makes you a child in the race of knowing whatever it is about that particular topic. So therefore, like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk, but every time you have a discussion about it, understand that you don't know, right? So when people stand there and want to have this conversation, like I spoke to you about that fucking, that old lady who said it's my social responsibility to get the vaccine or the rest, like, bitch, you don't know what you're talking about. You get your information from fucking free-to-air TV news. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I'm sorry to say this, but I'm 28 And when it comes to uh, attaining information that is like trustworthy, legible, reliable, I'm a fucking genius compared to you. I know where you got all your information from because your whole generation are parrots. You hear something on Seven News, and you repeat it word for word, and then you go and repeat it to this person over here, and then this person goes and repeats it over here, and this person, and then we have a whole thing of Chinese whispers. And all the news has to do is have like some sort of negativity stirred into the bullshit pot, and then news cunts all believe you need a vaccination. Now, I don't know if you need a vaccination. I don't know if you don't need a vaccination. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I don't know what the fucking deal is. But more to the point, if I'm a fucking stranger in the street, don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to me about it. That's almost as stupid as flipping off someone in your car. That's what gets me, man. Like, I'm not saying that i got weapons in my car, but if you flip me off in a car park, there's a high chance you're going to be fucking hit with something coming out of my car because you don't know who you're flipping off. And I'm not an aggressive guy. You can tell that by the way I'm recording this podcast, talking at a thousand words per minute and getting psyched up about fuck all. But... You go and flip someone off in a car, they've got dark tinted windows, next time you pull up at the red light, the window comes down, there's fucking four dudes heavily tattooed and together they weigh like 1.3 tons, you start thinking like, fuck, I probably shouldn't have flipped them off. Point of the story is, you don't know. You don't know what you're fucking with, you don't know what you're talking about, and that applies to everything. Why? Because you're a human. You can't know. You're too nuanced in your own life. You're too biased with the experiences that you've had. Does that make sense? Hmm. Anyway, let's drop that. I'm getting wound up about fucking, you know? I'll tell you what I do have coming up, though. I just released the per- Purpose Tea on my website today. I'm stoked about this tea. I think it's one of the best full-color teas that I've released so far. It's so simple, yet so like captivating at the same time. It's got really cool colors. I like the meaning behind it. Um, so yeah, that's gone live today. I had all my um, VIP pre-sales yesterday, I believe it was. There was like 30 of you, so if you are one of those, 30 people who got first Sibs on the tee, congratulations. And also Bowie Matthews secured the top for himself, the original one with the print on the angle, heaps of people wanted it, but he was the one who got in first and fucking secured it. So congratulations Bowie. And also thank you to all those people who ordered the pre-order. now. This week coming up, I've got new hats coming in. My socks should be landing as well. I'm going to have a black and a white variant. So it's the same socks that I had before. There was just a heap of people that missed out. So before I go and make a new style of sock or a new design or anything, I just wanted to make sure that um, the people who missed out did get a pair of socks. And also there I have, obviously I'm repeating the ones that I already made, which are completely black. Um, and then if you can imagine them just inverted, so what's black is white and what's white is black. I'm also gonna have the same amount of those released at the same time. So that's super exciting. They're 18 bucks a pair, they're $18 a pair. They're super comfortable and the biggest uh, biggest um, feedback that I'm getting about these socks is how comfortable they are. because they I've got like that strap that wraps around the center of your foot. It like really shapes to your foot. So they're they are an eight to 11 sock, which is like a, that's like that one size fits all kind of sock and you're like, fuck, here we go. You know, like someone like me, I've got like a size 11 and a half, 12 foot. You think the thing is not going to, is like, you know, it's going to kind of like pulling a fucking condom onto your foot. You think like, oh yeah, it'll work, but it probably shouldn't be on there, you know? But these socks, man, they're just the right height. You know, they sit that couple of inches above your shoe and it seems to be whether you're a girl with a fucking size six foot or me with a size eleven and a half, they sit at the same height. And Evidently, they're super comfortable as well. People are using them as their daily, so I'm super stoked that they're a great quality sock. Obviously, I can test them as much as I want to, but you never really know how good something is until you've had it out there, and it's been tested for a good few weeks, good few months, and you, you start, you know, you obviously get that feedback from people, and you know. So the socks are, they're a brilliant quality. I'm super happy to have them as part of my range, and I'm really excited to see where I take that kind of leg of black ink itself, because I do want to play around with some anklets. I want to make some like, not knee-high socks, but I would like to make some really long socks because I know the girls appreciate those. I also want to make some double crews, which are like, you know, the ones that come up about that far where you're making a real statement with the pair of socks that you're wearing. you wear them like a pair of shorts or something. So they're going to be coming out soon. I also have my hats coming out, which, so these hats here, that's just a standard BX Sport hat. Now there was the 13 hat as well, which is this style of hat with the black ink on the back and it had the BX on the front and the B kind of looks like a 13. It's like like B and then like that. So it's like one, three, I think that's backwards for you guys. And yeah, it's like it looks like a 13, but it's a B, it's like BX. So I've got a handful of those coming. I think I've got over half of them already sold. So if you're keen on a hack, keep your eyes peeled. I'm gonna do a little like, obviously I let, like to let people know it's happening a couple days before they get released. So if you are keen on them, it gives you a minute to like sort yourself out. If you've got to organize your funds or whatever, so, the hats are coming out. I'm also going to be releasing the scrunchies this week, which have had a crazy response. I didn't realize there were that many people out there with fucking hair who appreciate black ink. And again, such a great example of something that I created just for me to like tie my hair up with. And then as soon as you make a story about it on Instagram, people are like, how do I fucking get them? You know? So, super excited about the scrunchies. Oh, man. I was meant to release that purpose tea this morning at six o'clock, which is what I advertised, but I fucking, I did that. Yesterday was actually a really interesting day. Let, let me talk about, I hate doing this personal blog shit, but let's talk about it, because I find like it, it tends to lead on to other interesting conversations. Also, there were some examples that I was gonna make in that first thing that I was talking about. I can't even remember the thing that I was talking about, let alone the examples. So if you're holding out for those, it's not looking good, right? It's not looking good. <laughs> But yesterday I um fuck. Actually yesterday, if, if you're if, if you follow my Instagram and you watch the um podcast, let me say, yesterday was the day that I did that thing where I went and hid a motocross jersey somewhere in Bunbury and then posted it on my story for anyone to come and get. Um I probably put it a little bit too far out of the way. I left it at Paper Out Coffee, which is on Dodson Road in Halifax, which is the industrial area. Um let me explain how it got there because I was going to catch up with my friend Craig, who um He's the he's the mastermind behind townhouse on the main street there, the cafe. And uh so I went I went to his place on my push bike and I was like, We'll go grab some coffee. He's like, Yeah, do you wanna to go to paper out? I'm like, Sure, dude, like anywhere else in town is heaps closer than that, we're going to the industrial area. Didn't say this, but like in my mind I'm like, you know how you anticipate like, okay, I might do five or ten K's on my bike? It's like, we're gonna do ten K's just going out there, sort of thing. But I was like, Fuck it, it's what we're doing. So I was like, yeah, man, of course, let's go to paper out. And consequently, it was hell good because like having a nice long ride and also when you go somewhere that far, you're not kind of there for 10 minutes. So the whole thing was just a great opportunity to actually get a fucking conversation in. And I find like that's something that I really struggle. Like the people that like I would consider Craig a really good friend, but at the same time, I consider him a mentor. He's, he's 10 years older than me. He's got 10 more years of experience. He's in business for himself. There's a lot of angles and perspectives that he offers me that I really genuinely don't see for myself without that kind of without him being the catalyst. So I appreciate getting this time and also, these people that have something to say are really fucking hard to get a hold of. They're hard to pin down for a couple hours, why? Because they're fucking busy doing shit, you know? The busier people are doing shit, the more likely they have interesting shit to talk about. That's what it's all about. So doing this nice long ride and having an opportunity to sit down with them and also, being somewhere where it's nice and quiet and it's spread out, so you're not listening to the fucking fat bitch next to you talk about some bullshit that really doesn't even matter to her, you know? So I did appreciate having this time with him, but also because I was there, I was like, that's great. I'm going to hide, well, not hide, I'm going to place this somewhere at paper out for someone to come and find. Now, should I put it somewhere in the main street? Sure, sure. I mean, I like the idea that I would hide it at eight o'clock in the morning, and someone would come and snabble it up at ten past eight because it's a fucking hundred-dollar jersey, you know what I mean? But I think the reality is, it was fucking Thursday morning at nine o'clock, and everybody's actually at work at Thursday morning on at nine o'clock. So, but it was kind of cool because Paper Out, uh, which is a, ca- a cafe, by the way, um, another fucking local young whippersnapper Martin Fraser owns uh, Paper Out. Super great, super high-quality coffee. Um, like couldn't recommend it enough. I love going there. It's only cause it's a little bit out of the way for me that I don't go there more, you know? Um, and also support my boy Craig. Like I love townhouse. It's my fucking townhouse is my local. It's my daily. I love it. You know, I love the vibe. I love going and seeing Craig. Um, I fucking hate being around people in general. And it's quite a, it's not a, it's, it's a very like intimate setting, you know, it's, um, it's one of those situations where if the cafe is packed, personally, I won't go there because I don't like um, like the acoustics in there and that, only because like I've got industrial deafness. I can't fucking handle heaps of people talking in a room. And if there are heaps of people talking in a room, I can't concentrate. And I literally have to look at the person's lips who's talking to me. So I'm like, you're talking about dogs, right? Yeah, 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 me too. But I got way off track. So I hid this fucking... Um, so I hid this or placed it inside a paper out and it wasn't until like three or four hours later that someone was messaging me saying like, Oh, why do you have to do this while I'm at work? And I was like, dude, your work is around the corner from there. You should just take a break and go get it. No one's messaged me yet, you know? And then sure enough, fucking, I think it was like 35 minutes later. She literally like sent me a, 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 a she tagged me in a story saying, Oh, I fucking got it right, right. It's like, yeah, dude, fuck, of course, you know, go get it. So I think the next time I run one of those, I might try and run it um, maybe on a Saturday or a Sunday and maybe go in the CBD so that it's a bit easier for people to find. But enough about that. So Craig and I did our ride. I was meant to leave to go to Perth at like 10 o'clock in the morning, putting me in Perth at like lunchtime. But unfortunately, I didn't get there. I didn't actually leave home until like 11 o'clock. So beautiful drive up. This is the thing. I've driven to Perth so many fucking times now that the drive doesn't, like, it It doesn't even feel like two hours because you're just kind of going, like, by all the um, iconic kind of parts of the trip that you're like, oh, we've gone past that servo, we've gone past that tree, we've gone past that road, right? We've gone past the point-to-point cameras, we've done that big left-hand bend, we've gone past Safety Bay Road, now we're basically at the city. So, I, like, I really take advantage of of drives as a good chance to like call people, catch up with people, talk to my mom and all the rest. So had a great drive there. I then caught up with, uh, yeah, I was just trying to figure out whether I can say it on the podcast. I definitely can. So I caught up with the Western Australian distributor of the um, kind of conglomerate of brands that I'm going to be printing my products on, right? Um, So if you haven't quite, kept up with the with the suggestions and, and all the rest. Let me be transparent, let me be slightly transparent with what my plans upcoming are. Today is Friday, and on Monday, I will take, fingers crossed, everything going to plan, and obviously you don't want to ever, you know, count your chickens before they hatch, but fuck me, I'm doing everything right, so I'm gonna fucking, you know, bet on myself here and say that it's gonna happen. But Monday, I will be taking ownership of my new screen printer. And I'm going to be uh, producing my own tops I have a heat press as well I have a, a, a kind of very loose plan for the future to one day own a digital um, uh, a digital printer a digital garment printer so the idea would be that I would be able to manage all of my own printing needs and on top of that I would be able to supply a printing service for other small businesses and sporting clubs and all the rest so that's kind of been my ambition. Um, that's what I've been semi-secretive about for the past like month or so. Um, only because I don't want to fucking talk about something that hasn't happened. And I feel like even talking about it now is a little bit different because I, there are so many moving parts in place that if it doesn't happen on Monday, it's going to happen eventually. It's just Monday is the day it's going to happen. Honestly, it's, it's gone on so long. It's gone on for about a month now. So I'm a bit exhausted in the effort that I've had to put into it. But at the same time, it seems like everything in business takes fucking four times as long as what you ever anticipate it is gonna take, at least. So I'm at the point now where I'm not even like, I'm not emotionally upset about it. I'm more logically, um, you know, in a bit of, uh, what would you call it? It's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm logically restless. So it's like, okay, everything that we can do to make this happen as soon as possible, let's do that. If I need to go and do something for four hours that's manual labor to make it happen, tell me where I need to be, tell me what shoes I need to wear, and I'm fucking there. You know what I mean? So hopefully, all going well, I take I get my screen printer on Monday, and obviously having my own screen printer means a whole heap of things. You know, like I need tags, I need the clothes themselves, I need the space, I need all the equipment, rah, rah, so... The one of the last things I can do before taking ownership of the the screen printer itself is um, obviously the garments that I'm printing on this is one of those things I mean like I can I can explain to you my um what do you call it I can explain my like uh strategy or like my theory behind the order of things that I'm doing things and you can obviously pressure test it and come up with a better way yourself. And look, if you own your own clothing business and you're going to do all your own printing, I'm sure you do a better job than me, but go fuck yourself. This is my story and I'm telling you how I'm doing it. So, obviously, between realizing, well, not realizing, but having the offer of the screen printer and like actualizing the idea of like having that come to fruition and printing my own things and what that means and going through the process of all the learning and all the questions you have to ask and all the bullshit, um, you know, you try and get yourself as best prepared. So, when that screen printer, is here, it'll literally be behind the camera, which is b- bizarre. But you know, when it's here in front of me, it's like knowing like, right, oh, fucking hell. It's going, um, you know, I have to uh, have a whole lot of things in play. I don't want to get it and then go like, oh, okay, now I'll go out and buy my ink, you know? All oh, right, now I'll go and buy some gloves. All oh, right, now I'll go and buy some, these squirty bottles, funnily enough, are actually for the screen printing setup. So that's why they got the black ink. Look at that, you got a black ink stick on there. Look at that. Look how cool that sticker is. You can have one of those. All you gotta do is just message me and I'll fucking get some details off you. I'll just send them to you for free. Good dude, you know what I mean? But um so yeah, I caught up with the uh with the distributor in Perth, and obviously like the clothes don't come from him, but he's just the guy who has all the samples and all the shit on the rack, and you can ask all the questions. And the the really um kind of cool thing that I took away from him, there was a few items that I wanted to see so that when I when it do comes time to like, like muscle tees and crop tops and different hoodies and different finishes of these shirts on that. So if I ever did want to use them, I know what they look like without having to spend the money to get them to me. But more to the point, it was really nice to ask technical questions about the garments themselves, where I can fully understand what the fuck I'm printing on and what I'm delivering to people. And when people have a problem with like, maybe they're not washing well, or maybe they had you know, some, some part of the construct of the T has fallen apart, or maybe, um, you know, they found that a print isn't necessarily as good as what they, it's not lasting as good as what they thought. Being able to have this dude here and having this point of reference where I can ask him the most technical questions. And if he doesn't have the answer, he has access to the people who have the answers. And on top of that, talking to the guy who talks to all the guys like me in the state, super beneficial. You know what I mean? Just saying like, if I wanted to make something like this, who would I talk to? Or can I get this produced in Perth? Or can I get this produced in Australia? And just having that someone I can, I can talk to. And obviously I went with my list of questions and he gave me heaps to think about, heaps to research. I saw a heap of stuff. So it was a really cool little interesting meeting. But um, yeah, moving past that, I, uh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I fucking, yeah, I don't think I need to say anything else about that. It was just, that was that were, like I had to make it to Perth in lunchtime for that, and then uh, I was seeing my mate uh, Kim, who if you haven't been, if you're not up to date, Kim's the one who uh, second wheelie of the day at the Perth Motorcycle Show. Unfortunately, just had a fucking had a uh, I, I I don't even I I don't know what word to use because I don't want to seem offensive at all. He came off his Harley doing a wheelie, unfortunately, and landed in such a way that he fractured four of his vertebrae in his back. So he's He's, he's at home, he's posted up, he's going to be there for a while, so I wanted to check in with him, make sure everything's all good, have a bit of a chat, just to hang out and a, a a yarn, and as it turns out, like, I was there for three hours, and I could have fucking stayed all night, just, you know, I don't even like drinking beers, but I could have stayed there drinking beers, just talking shit all night, it was such a good, um, just a sit down, and like, it, it, it reminded me how important it is to hang out with people who like doing what you're doing, oh, sorry, who like doing what you do, and like, I fucking, there's nothing more I love than like a sad day where you're out, you're on the Harley, you go spot to spot, you do some burnouts, you do a couple stunts, you have a beer here and there, you have some food, you have a laugh, it's all a good time, you know, like that's a, my fucking idea of a perfect weekend is doing shit like that. And being around other blokes who like doing that, it like reminds me to keep doing the things that i doing and to encourage me to keep creating these situations where we can have this happen as a group because the reality is like life is ending so goddamn quickly. My 20s is just about over and I want the cool stories. You know what I mean? I want to have those fun times as much as I want to be able to talk about them when I'm fucking 50 something years old. You know, I still want to be doing them when I'm 50 years old. I still want to have these people in my life that enjoy doing it as well. And the thing that reminded me yesterday is like, I'm not floating my own boat here, but I had to go out of my way to go and see him. It was a, it was a very conscious effort to, to go from where I was, and obviously having a plan afterwards to go and see him and sit down and talk with him. And while I was there, I realized how much this wasn't like, it's not even that it wasn't for him and it was for me, but it was the fact that like, I felt again, like I was connected to a community that I cared about and it cared about me. And that's super important for life. That's super important for the thing inside of you that makes you feel good, you know? And it's like, in no way was it a job to go and do this for for Kim. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like, it was a nice reminder in a subtle way that the world is bigger than you, you know? And when it comes down to it, like we think we're living in this really strict set of rules and all the rest, like we have to do these things because there's an assumption that that's what human life is meant to be or that's what you're meant to do as a guy or that's what you're meant to do as someone who rides a Harley. But at the end of the day, we all just want love. You know, we all just want to feel connected. We all just want to feel like we're important. And we all want to feel like we have important people around us. And that's what community offers. And the thing about community is, it's always best when it's not forced. It's always best when you just want to be there, you know? So the community that they, that they create in a school is weird because you all, you know, like when you're at school, you have each other, you have your best mates, you have your enemies, you have the chick that you got the hots for and all the rest. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, if you didn't have to be there, Fuck those people. And you know that's true because the majority of people you hung out with school, you don't know where they are now. Oh, and you're sitting there going like, oh, no, I fucking know where Brad is. Me and Brad still drink piss every Friday night. That means you're not doing enough with your life. That's got nothing to do with how good your friendship is with Brad. I'm sorry. Hey, 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 if you're offended, that means I'm right, you know? But it was so nice to fucking, it was nice to be walking out the door and wishing that I wasn't. You know, it was nice to have that feeling of like, fuck, I want to stay and have fun. You know, how good is that feeling? When's the last time you felt that where you were like, you remember when you were a kid and you went on a Bouncy Castle and your mum paid for like fucking, you know, what is it? Like five bucks, get you five minutes and they allow like fucking 15 kids on there at once at the fair or something. And you'd be like, get to four and a half minutes and they'd be like 30 seconds. And you're like, I want to fucking die on the Bouncy Castle. I love this. You know, it's like, that's the feeling I had as a fucking adult, not wanting to stop hanging out with someone that I appreciate their company, you know? So I don't know. I don't know. What I'm trying to communicate here is like, don't forget that if you're not involved in a community, that that's a fucking sensible thing to be chasing. That's almost more important than financial freedom. You know what I mean? It's more important that you have that like feeling of like connected and uh, you know, connectivity with the humans and that closure when it comes to, like, even the rehearsing of, uh, not rehearsing, the the practicing of conversing with people, you know? It's like having that ebb and flow, that backwards and forwards with someone and enjoying yourselves and having a laugh and, you know, and, I mean, I think it's just part of the Aussie spirit as well as to pull the piss out of each other and have fun and, like, you know, kind of uh, be self-deprecating and, and that, that sort of thing. I feel like all of those things are a part of, like, just keeping that ego at check and keeping the idea of who you think you are at bay you know if you spend not enough time around people and especially people who I think the thing about community as well is, that, is there's trust there. You can appreciate that this person is coming from a, an organic place of just wanting to be your friend. They're not coming from a place of wanting to gain something or they're not coming from a place of trying to make money out of you or whatever it might be. They just wanna be around you for you. And therefore, you start to build this bridge where you can both cross backwards and forwards, dabbling in like, you know, like, oh, you fucking, you know, you fill in the blank fill in the blank, you know, you want to pull the piss out of me. It's like, oh yeah, you what are you going to talk about this on your podcast? You know, you know, or whatever it might be. And I'm not saying anyone said that to me, but it's just like, it was an obvious fucking thing to do. But the reason I had to leave was because I was doing the Perth Outdoor Rollerblading, um, which is a Facebook group, a massive community of 3000 people. Every Thursday night they do their Men's Street uh, Pizza Skate, which leaves from Men's Street South Perth Jetty at 6.30, so you get there around quarter past six, you bullshit, you have a chat, catch up with people, blah, 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 and they leave at 6.30, you do about 20Ks, you do a big lap of the swan, you skate through the city, you have a good time, and then at the end they all get pizza and kebabs and drinks and everyone hangs out and all the rest. And obviously the reason that I had to leave was because there was this other community that I'm involved with. And the crazy part was, this is crazy, because now I'm starting to like double down on this whole community thing. I didn't want to leave because I felt so connected and so a part of what was going on at Kim's house. You know, there's a couple other people there, we're having a good time. And I was worried that I was gonna to get to the to the skate and be in a position where I wish I didn't leave Kim's, right? And the thing that I found when I got to the Perth outdoor skate, and this is the thing, as the skate was happening, I didn't realize this. The beautiful thing about having to drive home for two hours is you have this like assessment period where you're thinking about what happened, what people said, what you said, things, you know, things that you did, things that you wish you did, or things that you wish that you didn't did uh, do. And I think the thing that I realized on the drive home was I was like. You know, I'm not very talkative on these skates. The thing that I appreciate the most is having a group of people to skate with, not necessarily the community of talking to people and all the rest. Because if I'm honest, I don't have a heap of relatability to these people. And I think that's got less to do with what they have to talk about and more to do with my ability to stay in the conversation or be interested in these people and all the rest. I think the thing that I take away from Perth Outdoor Rollerblading is more just the fact that there's a bunch of weirdos out there that like rollerblading as well and they let me rollerblade with them so I spend a lot of the time with my headphones in and if you don't know this about me I'm uh, like I'm, a, I'm I'm really good on rollerblades so like even as people um, like they may skate up to me to like have a conversation with me it's like it's it's very much in my skill set to be able to make it look like I was already skating this way to not give you a chance to say hello to me so not saying, I mean, it's. Yeah, now that I say it out loud, it's fucking rude. Um, but that's not, honestly, it's fucking dark. I'm on skates. I'm already feeling insecure. I already know that people are looking at me because of my ability on skates. And to be very honest, the last thing that I want to talk about when I'm skating, get this, is skating. I don't want to talk about technique. I don't want to talk about the equipment. I don't want to talk about, you know, how long you've been skating or how long I've been skating. I don't want to hear your... Um, you know, like, oh, you know, you're so good or I don't want to hear any of that. I'd like, we're going to talk about anything. I don't even want to talk about black ink, you know? Like I'm literally just there to fucking let my feet do the talking as far as like how my day's going. And the thing that I took away from that, that when I was driving home was I had four, I wouldn't say meaningful, but I had four conversations that had fiber to them, you know? And those four conversations, each of them, you know, said, "Hey Jake, how you going?" Ra ra ra. I haven't skated with these people for like three months, and they know my name. They come up to me and they say hello. You know, like come up, "Hey Jake, haven't seen you for a while. Ra ra. What's been going on? Have you sold the caravan? You have sold the caravan. That's crazy. Ra. And it made me like, it made me think, like, that's. That's exactly what I didn't want to leave at Kim's house. You know what I mean? It wasn't that they knew my name or they knew my interest. It's like the fact that they had time for me and energy for me. And that that feeling of being connected to something greater than me, you know? And it makes me think, do I go there f- purely for the skate? Or do I also go there for the community? For that feeling of like, this is another thing that you're connected to. And I have this really odd relationship with communities, I think, now that I, now that I verbalize and I say it out loud, I think the way that I perceive what communities are that I'm involved with, or whatever it is, I almost take advantage of the fact that I'm that I'm a part of them, and I think this comes from moving schools and moving towns so many times as a young bloke. Like the the whole idea that I would have to enter a new school, or I would have to enter a whole new living situation, and like you know, you you meet the neighbours and you meet the people that dad works for, and you meet all these new teachers and you know, like the amount of times that I changed school in like, not at the beginning and end of the year. So you were being not only the new kid, but you being the new kid on a random Tuesday in the middle of term two, you know what I mean? So all the relationships and friendships have already been developed and then you're just coming in green, going like, hey, uh, my name's Jake and um, yeah, uh, I do Taekwondo and uh," you know, so, the whole experience of like entering these new environments and trying to become part of the furniture as quickly as possible. It's like, it's not even that worrying to me. It's something that I don't necessarily look forward to, but it's something that I've done so many times now that I'm just like, fucking all right, cool. And then on top of that, since being in Bunbury, I went to one primary school and three different high schools, long story podcast of its own. And then past that, like I had my coffee van, which is like, you know, you've got probably a a Pokedex of about 300 people who you know and who know you for being the coffee guy. I've then got speed skating, which had its whole total thing of its own. I then worked in the mining and transport industry, which are both things where you can like literally know, you have to know like a hundred names and faces just to do your job. You know, like with mining being a process operator, it's like you have everyone on your team, then you have everyone in, like, the electrical department. You have everyone in the office. Then you have all the fitters. And then you have all the contractors. Then you have all the subcontractors. And, like, all these people that you know. I then have a fucking very, very deep, vast history in partying. And if you're not someone who's who's partied pretty hard... And the thing about Bunbury is, is like, that almost has two communities. Because you've got the partying community of Bunbury. And then you've got the partying community of Perth. So, it seems to be, like, all these whether they be micro or massive communities that I'm a part of I feel like I take them for granted sometimes that you know and I think that that was one of the biggest things that I felt when I got rid of the coffee van was that I wasn't having these conversations and I wasn't seeing these people all the time and you know I didn't have that constant fresh face talking to me like happy to see me and all the rest and I felt like I was I know when I was truck driving I felt like I was empty I was kind of it was difficult to find this Passion for life that I had before because you didn't have that connected thing and then also on top of that You know, it didn't matter how well you did your job. You got paid the same You got treated the same and sometimes if you put in more effort, you'll be treated worse, you know And I think the thing about community is the more effort you give to it typically the more it pays you back the more you get back in dividends sort of thing and I, I I don't know I guess now assessing Sometimes I feel like as a 28 year old, I forget everything that I learned before the age of 26, that you only really uh, competent and confident in these ideas of how you live and how you exist and who your character is based off your last two years experience, purely because the human mind has to interpret and take on so much shit that you can't have all that stuff from when you're a teenager in your early 20s and all the fuck ups and all the wins and all the losses, you know, you can't carry that all the time, but you can carry that past two years. So... I feel like, you know, that whole commute, the essence of community and being involved in a community and understanding what that, what that means and what that is, is like, you just got to keep participating to appreciate it. You know, like you have to have, I have to keep having these, uh, these experiences where I'm leaving that communal setting and I'm like, I don't want to go. I want to keep hanging out with these guys. And I think that's something that I like about Perth being 200 kilometers away is you, in, a, in one sense, it's like obviously you are disconnected from these communities and you uh, don't have the accessibility that you would have if you were living in Perth and everything was half an hour away instead of being two hours away. But at the same time, the illusion or the, probably not the illusion because it makes it sound like it's not real, but the allure of the community scene is something that like when I go to Perth, I have to make sure that while I'm here, I do this and I see this person, and I participate in this thing, and I'm a part of this, and I make sure I, you know, I reinstate my place in this community and make sure that it's current and and valid. You know what I mean? So there is a good and a bad to that, but look man, we're 53 minutes in. We're 53 minutes. I started talking about some bitch who posted on Facebook about kale and eggs, and I got to fucking roller skating in Perth. Dude, that's unreal. That's fucking cool. You know, it's funny, I was talking to my mum yesterday on the phone and she goes, you know, there's uh, there's probably like two or three podcasts where you perfectly like, you come up with a topic and then you talk about it and you make an example and then you go on a tangent and then you go back to the topic and you make an example and you go on a tangent. You do that like three or four times and then at the end of the podcast, you loop it back to where you started and it all makes sense and it's congruent and it's fun. And I was like, yeah, Mum, I'm fucking 39 podcasts in and you're talking about the home run of recording a podcast is actually talking about one topic, staying on topic and not deviating from and trying not to get too fucking confused in all the bullshit tangents that I take. Like, essentially, you got to think about that, right? That podcast that she's talking about and obviously, hey, Mum, I know you're listening, but... The thing about that podcast is, you know, like to have one topic where everything is congruent and and the examples that you use are good ones and they're effective and they land with the audience and I'm, I'm properly translating my thoughts into ideas that you can then digest and turn into something, being able to do that over and over and be topical and also it all be nicely packaged in this envelope of a podcast. If you think about what that is in writing, that's an exam that you've like made a draft of. It's not an exam, sorry, it's a essay that you've made a draft of and then you've, you know, proofread three or four times making edits along the way to have this beautiful finished piece where it goes like, here's what I'm gonna talk about it. You talk about, it, talk about, it, talk about, it, and then you conclude talking about it and you're like, right, that's the thing that I talked about. So to do that in like an audio sense, in front of a camera, by yourself, with no one helping you, no notes, no fuck all, smoking the reefer, dude, are you joking? You should be fucking congratulating me on those three, not expecting that the other fucking 36 are up to standard, you know? And I'm not saying that's what she did. She's my mom. She's my biggest fan. I could get on here and talk gibberish and she'd still think it was the best thing ever. So sometimes i got to be a bit fucking careful about taking the taking the uh, what do you call it the props that she gives me I'm like look mum, I know you love it but you love everything that I do but that's half the reason that I have this confidence is because she believes in me as much as I believe in me and that's what it's all about so don't forget be good to your fucking mother now I'm gonna sign this bitch out, but before I do, I need you to do some things for me. I need you to go on my Instagram account, I need you to follow me if you're not, like all of my posts, comment your opinions on all of them, save the post, go on Facebook, like, comment, and share all of those. You're gonna to subscribe to my YouTube channel, you're gonna like this video, you're gonna comment your favorite part, you're gonna go on TikTok, you're gonna like all of my posts, you're gonna comment your favorite part, send them to your friends, save them, and upload them on Instagram, and then tag me in them as well. I'll tell you what, if you do all of that, you don't even have to prove it to me, I'll give you a t-shirt. How about that? Anyway, your boy's out. I'm done. This is episode 39. Be good to your mum. Yo!